It was the summer of 2017, and I had just come off a major reporting project. I'd spent the better part of a year working on a series of stories about private landowners, farmers, and ranchers, and their relationship with the natural world. Modern agriculture is such a big deal because things like soil health and water quality directly impact the nutrition, physical health, and well-being of people all over the world. But farms, no matter how big or small, also have a profound effect on the overall health, safety, and security of nearby rivers and lakes. Now, across North America, watersheds that span hundreds, even thousands of miles connect our forests upstream to densely populated cities where urban people depend on the availability of fresh fruits and vegetables, sustainably raised meat and dairy products, and of course, safe drinking water. So agriculture was pretty heavy in my thoughts when I reached out to my friend Amy Kober. Now, she's a director of communications at the nonprofit American Rivers, and I was really just checking in to see what kind of initiatives they might be working on in relation to watersheds and farming. Well, it just happened, she said, we're about to release a new film we produced on the Milwaukee River. So she sent me a link to where I could watch it online. Here, give a listen to this. My name is Venus Williams. Most people know me as the executive director of Alice's Garden, which is a two-acre urban farm in Milwaukee, where many people and organizations come together, grow and nurture community. Over the years, it has served hundreds of families through rental gardens. Okay, I was pretty blown away in the first two minutes of watching this. Milwaukee is about an hour and a half from my front door, and I had never heard of Alice's Garden. But what really struck me was the environmental justice angle of this very cool short film. If we're going to be honest, the rivers of Milwaukee and Lake Michigan are places that have been refashioned more for white people with means than for the community that I serve on a daily basis. I personally, you know, love going downtown and I love the Riverwalk, but when I look up, there are very few people who look like me. So I think the rivers in the city, if we're going to be honest, have been some of those places of segregation and divide. I wish the community that I served understood these bodies of water as something that they could access to and that was for them and belonged to them also. But I don't think on a general basis that people in my community think about the rivers that are here in the city. I just don't. I've experienced the segregation and the dividedness of Milwaukee, but my job is to bridge that. My call is to bridge that and create a stronger, more beautiful, more humane city of Milwaukee. It didn't take me long to realize that I wanted to learn more about this remarkable place in one of the most urbanized cities in North America. So I made the drive across state to have a conversation with Venus Williams at Fondy Farmer's Market in the heart of the African-American community in downtown Milwaukee. And there, just a few blocks away from where she and members of her community grow their own vegetables, she told me all about Alice's Garden. I'm James Edward Mills, and you're listening to The Joy Trip Project.
Venus Williams, and I am the executive director of Alice's Garden and the Body and Soul Healing Arts Center. So, just tell me what that means. What, do you, what, what exactly? Hmm. Do you so, is there an exact to what I do? Hmm. I like to say that the best title for me is a cultural and spiritual midwife which means that I really feel like I was put here to help birth what already exists in people and places, but to claim it and bring it to life. What exactly does that mean? I say that means I pull the most weeds at Alice's Garden, copy the most keys, but I also get to help vision a better place. And then it happens. So I get to move beyond the idea and help it to come to life, thus the cultural and spiritual midwife. So whether we're talking about the things that I was just speaking of with folks here, whether we're saying as women we need to come back outdoors and be under the full moon and celebrate the moon cycle and celebrate the power of the earth and creation, I get to do that in very creative ways. I get to grow food, I get to grow herbs, I get to help other people grow food and herbs, but mainly I help grow people. So how did Alice's Garden come to be? Alice's Garden came really out of tragedy, in my opinion. It was a result of a poorly planned urban plan to build a highway in Milwaukee, and it cut right through a very vibrant African-American community where the city claimed eminent domain, reclaimed thousands of houses, and a highway was never built. And so the vacant land that we are on and surrounding, um, or the land that was vacant, became Alice's Garden way before my time. My time in Milwaukee, I should say. It was in 1972, and it was in the early 2000s that I came in by invitation of my husband, who is the 4-H and Youth Development Agent from Milwaukee County Extension. And as they say, the rest is history. Tell me, what do, you, what do you grow there? I grow about 85 different herbs, personally. But anything that can be grown legally in Wisconsin is grown at Alice's Garden. So people, there are 120 rental plots representing 90 families and community organizations. So whether we're talking sweet potatoes, peanuts, every green, uh, tomatoes, uh, I don't know how many different varieties of heirlooms, peas, beans. It truly is a community garden. And we like to say two things, that the word um, community and community garden matters more sometimes even than the gardening. And the word culture and agriculture. So we really focus on the culture of people and plants and land. All three have stories. People have a story, plants most definitely have a story, and the land itself has a powerful story. It's interesting because, you know, when we think about cities, when we think about urban areas, when we think about agriculture, we don't think about black folks. Mm. We don't think about people of color in these spaces. What is Allison's Garden and what does the community that you're building mean to the African-American Hispanic community? So I think we start with the name itself. So Alice's Garden was named after Alice Mead Taylor, who was the first African-American executive director of Milwaukee Cooperative Extension. And when she died, suddenly the garden was named after her and in 2001, I believe. 
it was named after her because this project and our community meant so much to her. When we talk about what it means for black and brown people to reclaim the power of growing food, because everybody knows that this entire nation was built on our ability to cultivate food. But we, some of us, not all of us, you know, strayed from it because it's such a laborious history that has so much struggle in it. So there are still people who say, I'll never grow anything again. You know, I came from a family of sharecroppers. I remember how my father's land was stolen from him. I remember how hard we had to work and we saw nothing. And so when someone tells me I'll never grow anything again, I say, well, that's the dumbest thing you could ever say because the power you have in controlling what you consume is the most powerful thing you can do. So for this garden to be rebirthed, because it truly is a rebirthing, you know, it existed, it didn't exist in this format. We are very grateful to the Center for Resilient Cities and um, the physical um, rehab they did through a capital campaign. But even if you rehab a space and you don't have life, it just becomes another neglected area. So for this neighborhood, here where we are sitting to have this 2.2 acre farm that is overflowing with life. I mean, not just the life of the plants, even the, the wildlife that we have brought back to this area can be a pain for some gardeners, but I think it's just beautiful when I can look and every season I see a bird that wasn't here before because now um, we've become this other kind of haven. But to be this place of sanctuary and hope in the community often brings me to tears. And to also be this place where you don't have to explain yourself, where all of Milwaukee is welcome. So, I, you know, we always say that if the outside of the fence of Alice's Garden could be like the inside, the city would be a much healthier, stronger, welcoming space. So let's look long term. What does the future of Alice's Garden mean? I mean? What can we look forward to with everything that you're doing in this community? And tell me about what the future holds. We can look forward to expanded land. Um, we've in many ways already outgrown the 2.2 acres. We can look, to, um, look forward to the cultivating of more farmers, um, more farmers of color, more young brown and black farmers, more businesses. So there are so many businesses that are beginning to come out of especially the Herbal Apprentice track. Um, right now I have 60 Herbal Apprentices who are working with me. We work together. I do a lot of the teaching but we learn from each other. But the businesses that are coming out of that really matter. So self-sufficiency. We also use the word Kuchichakalia all the time. You know, self-determination is important. So we are looking towards expanding not just the growing season by building out different spaces, but how we can reintroduce whole new generations to the power and the community wealth of growing food. What's your biggest challenge? And what is it that makes this a struggle for you? Well, my biggest challenge is always just having the financial resources to hire the people who we need to live into the vision, to beautify this area, to be able to expand the dream and thus bring more people in.
The film Alice's Garden is produced by American Rivers and is available to stream online. There's a link to where you can find it at my website, joytripproject.com. There you can also post a comment or ask a question about this or other topics in outdoor recreation, environmental conservation, acts of charitable giving, and practices of sustainable living. For the Joy Trip Project, I'm James Edward Mills. Music in this episode by Lowtree and Ziv Moran. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you do your downloads. Please, write me a review. Good or bad, I always appreciate your constructive criticism. And most of all, don't forget to tell your friends. Until next time, take care.